حضر نمبر باعث سادہ کو چاہیے کہ اپنی پیر بھائیوں سے گفتگو کرتے ہوئے شریر زبان سے کلام کریں اگر بد زبانی سے معاملہ کرے گا تو محروم ہو جائے گا حدیث پاک میں ہے شرناسی من ترک الناس اتقا افحشی برا آدمی وہ ہے جس کے بد مزاجی کی وجہ سے لوگ اسے چھوڑ دیں سید علی خواص فرماتے تھے کہ بولنے میں احتیاط لکما اور کپڑوں میں احتیاط سے زیادہ ضروری ہے ادب نمبر ٹوینٹی ٹو speak to their fellow brethren in the sweetest and softest of tones. If they speak in a harsh or bitter tone, then they will become mahroom, they will become bereft and void of spiritual benefit. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith, شَرْنُ النَّاسِ مَنْ تَلَكَهُ النَّاسِ اِتِّقَاءَفُ شَهِي شَرْعُ النَّاسِ the worst and the most evil of people. is that person man tarakahu that people leave that person tarakahunas that people leave that person in order to stay away from his fohsh or due to his inappropriate demeanor his inappropriate demeanor his foul behavior and his harsh or bitter speech said al khawasamta used to say that to be careful in To be cautious and careful in one's speech is even more important than being careful and cautious about what one eats and what one wears. You can see by now, all these adab have a similar theme to them. There's one running theme. It is adab, akhlaq. Here, Till now there were many adab that were talking about how a person should feel about their fellows and their heart. So up till now, the adab that we were looking at was how a person feels in their heart towards someone. This adab is talking about something much more explicit in the zahir, how a person talks to someone else. Obviously the way a person talks is going to be expression of what they feel in the heart. But sometimes a person may feel something and be able to control it. That's what we explained to you. Smiling on the outside and boiling on the inside. This is that case where there's an eruption and they're not, no longer smiling on the outside. They are boiling on the inside and they're boiling on the outside. So if you let that erupt, then you become mehrum. If you let yourself speak harshly, crudely, bitterly with someone then you become mahrum Sayyidina Rasulullah once grabbed his tongue and said that a vast number of people will enter into Jahannam because of this normally the commentary in the hadith is slander, backbiting, lying but this can also be included that a tongue will hurt a fellow Muslim why? because another hadith Sayyidina Rasulullah said المسلم من سلم المسلمون من لسانه ويدهي. So Muslim is that person who other Muslims are safe and secure from the bitterness and harshness and damage of his tongue. So 
This is a very important thing. And so much so the Mashaikh said that as much and that many of you know because you have heard how much ihtiyat Allah Akbar they did in their lukma and their eating and how much ihtiyat they did and what they wear means what they earn. Right? This is their cusp, their kiswa and libas comes from their cusp. But they're saying that one should be more muhtat in their speech. This has many aspects to it. Number one, a person should speak less killati kalam. Number two, the hukamas say that when you sit in front of the ulama, you should guard your tongue. And when you sit in front of the awliya, you should guard your heart. Here it means that you should be careful of how you speak to someone else. Ihtiyat. And if you don't know how to do ihtiyat, then silence. Silence is better than an ill-spoken word. And yes, a well-spoken word is better than silence. But if a person is not capable of doing that, then it's better for them to remain silent. If the person erupts, uh, and this is what in English you say, they lash out, and you will see a lot of damage is done, generally in interpersonal relations. Sas bahu, but use zavan got that. It, it's a unique relationship. No more relationships. Pere dil kharab hota hai, phir zaban se izhar hota hai. Is rishti mein pere zaban se kaam kharab hota hai, phir dil kharab hota hai. Yes. Sometimes it happens that first a person misuses their tongue and then they spoil their heart. So similarly in this relationship of peer by peer behen, fellow seekers in the past, they should be very careful of how they speak to one another. One reason also I would tell you from experience and experiencing you people, Matan, experiencing seekers, is that Salakin are very sensitive. Most Salakin, not all, they are few who are, mashallah, thick-skinned, but otherwise many of the Salakin, even the men now, let alone the women, even the men are very sensitive, very sensitive. And the women, though, Allah Akbar, Highly sensitive creatures. So even what you say has a very deep impact on them. Even the tone and tenor of your words has a very deep impact on them. So if you speak to somebody in an inappropriate tone, even if your niyat was good, even if your words actually were mukhlis nasiha, even if that nasiha was well intended and was well deserved, but you can mess all of that up just by using the wrong tone. Just using the wrong tone will take out the barakah of your ikhlas and your nasiha when you're talking to someone. So this is a problem, right, that people have. That they don't know how to speak to one another. They don't know how to speak to one another. So especially then one should be very careful with one's fellow seeker, how they speak and what tone they use, lest they become mahroom. Why mahroom? Because if you use the inappropriate tone, then you will hurt that person. What they call Urdu Dil Azari. And Allah subhanahu does not like it when one mu'min hurts the heart of another mu'min, be it through their tongue or some other way. This is why Sayyidina Rasulullah once in a hadith in the Laylatul Qadr. Another hadith, the hadith of 15th Shaban I've seen with my own eyes. I've heard the one about Laylatul Qadr. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not forgive a person, will forgive everyone on these nights, 
except a believer who has hurt the heart of another believer. And many times that hurt the heart that takes place simply by use of the tongue. Flip side, that now that we know this, we should try to be more forgiving when a person misuses their tongue. That's the flip side to many of these adab. Number one, we should ourselves try not to violate these adab. But number two, we should realize that it's almost only human to violate them. So if somebody violates them with us, we should be forgiving of them. As opposed to letting ourselves be so sensitive, replaying those words in our mind, and replaying the answers we wish we had given to them in our mind. Right? Instead of doing that, we should just let it go. But people don't let it go. Right? That's what they say to them. Right? And they just get stuck on that. Why did you speak to me in that way? Why did you speak to me in that tone? Why did you raise your voice at that moment? And sometimes this is also just miscommunication, misunderstanding. That the person, maybe the person changed their tone, but the person hearing it assumed it to be much more sinister than it was. Right? So that's another reason why I want you to do ihtiyat. Because even if you slightly deviate in this use of the tongue, it can have devastating consequences. If that's the way it is, it's a very powerful thing. Allah has made the tongue so powerful. You say one word, you become a mu'min. You say one, you say amantu, you're a mu'min. You say one word, sometimes kalimatul kufr, not even kalimatul kufr, kalimatul kufr. One word, you can become an unbeliever. You say one word, nikah is done. You can say one word, talaq is done. You can say one word, bayat is done. You can say one word, the hakikat of your bayat will be broken. That's the power of the tongue. Just words. Allah Ta'ala has given a lot of tasir to this tongue. You say one word of the tongue and your testimony has been offered. You say one word of the tongue, perjury can be committed. Allah Ta'ala has put a lot of tasir in the tongue. A lot of power in speech, a lot of power in words. So that means that a person should be muhtaat. Some of you remember, Hazrati mentions a story, and this I've seen, it's in Kitab al-Zuhud by Abdullah bin Mubarak, Al-Mar'atu Tatakalamu bil Quran. That there was a woman, she only spoke in the Tabi'in, female of the Tabi'at, she only spoke Quran. And Abdullah bin Mubarak, he met her, and anything. She wanted to say, she found some way to say some Qur'an, <laughs> to use an ayah. I don't even remember, it's a long passage, right? For example, if she wanted to host someone, she would say, Kulu, Vashrafu, Walatasrafu, so they understood that they should eat or they'll be hosted. Everything she said was Qur'an. So then Abdul Mubarak asked her son, that, well, why is your mother like this? So she said that ever since my mother heard the hadith, that Sayyidina Rasulullah, he saw some said that on the Day of Judgment, a person will be accounted for everything they use their tongue. After that, she decided never to use her tongue other than to speak Qur'an. Allah Ihtiyat. So a person has to do more ihtiyat with their tongue. Adab number three, Salik ucayyakin guna se nafrat kare. Gunagar se nafrat na kare Nabi Akram sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ne Piyas ki mutalik firmaya Innaha shadratun akrahu rihaha Rawahun nisai 
یہ ایسا پودا ہے کہ میں اس کی بدبو اس کی بو کو ناپسند کرتا ہوں بس آپ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم نے پیاز کے بارے میں نہیں اس کو بھوک کے بارے میں ناگواری کا اظہار فرمایا traveler on this path and the seeker of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should feel an aversion in their heart, in their soul, in their mind towards sin, but they shouldn't feel an aversion towards the sinner. They should feel a hostility and enmity in their heart towards sin, but they shouldn't feel a hostility and enmity towards the person who commits that sin. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu once said in a hadith about uh, and he was speaking in reference to onions that innaha shajratun that indeed this is a plant akrahu that I strongly dislike rihaha the smell of that plant this has been transmitted by Imam al-Nasair al-Mujtaba so the point taken here was that Sayyidina Rasulullah did not say that he didn't like the onion he didn't mention, he didn't say that he dis- strongly disliked the onion itself, rather he said that he strongly disliked the smell that is emitted by the onion. So just like that, the, I, the metaphor being used here is that the sinner is like the onion, and the sin they commit is like the foul smell of the onion. In fact, this is something that the ulama have said, that when a person sins, a spiritually foul stench emits from them, and this is something that certain of the Solahan Uliya can discern in a person. Like Sayyidina Uthman al Ghani, once a person came to him having done the sin of zina, and he could smell it on him, he could perceive it. <laughs> so, in that case, he, he reprimanded the person. But many times, so I can explain to you this way. There's another type of smell, bodily smell. So a person passes gas. So most time, what do you do when a person passes gas? You just sit there and pretend like they didn't pass it. You don't say anything to them, even though you can smell the foul odor that they emit. Just like that, awliyaullah, if sometimes Allah Ta'ala, not always, doesn't always happen, but if sometimes Allah Ta'ala unveils for them the stench of a person's sin, they will just sit there and not say anything or pretend as if they don't notice, just like a person sits there and pretends that they don't notice when the physical smell is emitted from the body. So, to not have nafrat for the sinner. This is again general teaching, not specific to just Birbai, but for all Mu'maneen. Even one could even potentially take this out to the Kufar, then one has nafrat for their Kufar, but one doesn't have a nafrat for their Zat. One has a nafrat for the Sifat of Kufar that is inside of them. Reason is that, number one, a person may make Toba of that sin, and you may never know. There's some, one way of taking Toba that you actually know. Right? And then so if you don't, if you dislike the person because they sinned, if you found out they made tawbah for the sin, you could keep liking, you could start liking them again. But there's some sins that you would never know that they made tawbah from it. Because that's between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
But if you disliked them because of the sin, and you'll never know whether they're tawbah from the sin or not, so you'll keep disliking them. So that means dislike will exist between people because of their sins. If dislike existed because of sin, then pretty much almost all the believers would strongly dislike one another. <laughs> if you allowed yourself to dislike a person because of their sins, almost all of us would hate each and every one of us, the other, because all of us have sins. So the only way that the mu'mineen can keep their mutual love and compassion with one another is to dislike the sin, but not to dislike the sinner. When you dislike the sin, it's almost like this, when there's a stain on a piece of clothing, you're not worried about the clothing, you just don't like the stain. You just want the stain to be removed, you still like the clothing. In fact, it could be your favorite piece of clothing, and the stain comes on it, the more you like the clothing, watch this, the more you like the clothing, the more you will dislike the stain, but the more you like the clothing, the stain won't stop you from liking the clothing. Means you have your favorite sweater and it gets stained. If it's your really favorite sweater, it'll still stay your favorite sweater despite the stain. And if it's your favorite sweater, the more favorite it is of yours, the more you will be disturbed by the stain, but the more you will still keep the sweater as your favorite. So the mu'min is somebody you're supposed to love, and the fellow seeker on the path, the peer by or peer man, is somebody you're supposed to love. So you're supposed to dislike their sin. This is something that is very helpful that if you can target the emotion properly then you will be saved from hasad, from bughuz, from ghil. But if you cannot target it properly, right? Over here many times we tell people that we like you very much but this particular thing about you this is something that we just can't stand. But we still love you. Right? But we can't stand this. And this is something that also people who are working to like on deen, they should realize this. Everybody has sins. Everybody has sinful attributes, sinful characteristics, flawed characteristics. So if somebody has a sinful trait, you shouldn't let yourself dislike that person because they sin. You shouldn't dislike the sinner. You should dislike the sin. This is what you hope Allah Ta'ala feels about you. This is what we want. We want Allah Ta'ala to love us despite our sins. Then we want Allah Ta'ala to dislike our sin and to remove the sin from us. Just like we want to remove the stain from our sweater. So we wouldn't want Allah Ta'ala to dislike us personally because of the sins that we do. Rather we want Him to keep liking us despite the sins that we do. So then we should have the same attitude towards other people. But this is a big problem that people have. They can't let go of it. They dislike the whole person because of a sin. So let's say, for example, one woman, she finds out that another woman actually did, yes, she did lie. She actually said a lie. So you should dislike that lie, dislike the act of lying. You should not start disliking that person altogether. And that's what happens. Then they like the person altogether. What is the sign? If you want to know. If 
you dislike the person so much, if you want to know whether you dislike them or you dislike the sin, see do you still like their positive attributes? Are you still appreciative of their good attributes? And if you're not, if because of that sin, because of your being aware of their sin, you are no longer to be able to be appreciative of their good attributes, it means now you have started disliking them instead of disliking the sin. It's a big problem. It's a big problem. So we should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, if there's anything, if there's any sinner in the world I should dislike, it should be the one I see in the mirror. <laughs> if there's any sinner in the world I should have enmity towards, it should be that nafs that is inside of me. And actually, that's, until I can defeat that battle against that sinner, I have no business engaging in any other sinner or looking and focusing my energies and enmities and envies on any other sinner. When I have a big enough sinner living with me and walking with me and shadowing me everywhere I go. And if a person can take that attitude and overlook the sins of others, then this is what Allah SWT said, that that person who overlooks the sins of others, Allah Ta'ala will overlook the sin themselves. So here, nafrat also means you still overlook it, but you dislike the sin itself. Dislike the sin. Here it means, dislike means you feel sad that that sin occurred in this person. You feel upset that the sin still exists in that person, and you make dua to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala remove the sin both from ourselves and from that person. So these are two adab for tonight. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to do amal on all of these adab, and especially all of those men and women who are students of these academies and institutes or our fellow seekers of one another on the path. They should take great care to do amal on these adab and remove all of the violations of these adab from their life and from their mind and from their heart. Wa akhirna wa alhamdulillah. Wa alhamdulillah. Wa alhamdulillah.